And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. Dr. Vance, it's great to have you here today. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. It's been (laughs) a while. It's been a while is right. And um, our listeners probably know that you uh, retired from being senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church. Uh, Before our interview today, um, what have you been up to? Well, I, I, I built a retirement home, so to speak, in, in uh, West Virginia, my wife and I, but we're not really retiring as such. She's <laughs> continue to work, and I will continue to live here in New York, but it'll be our recreation yeah, uh, vacation home. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful delight to have you here in the studio with us today. We had exchanged emails. You suggested that we talk about um, something. Um, there was a recent uh, national prayer breakfast and um, that is um, held every year. It's hosted by members of the United States Congress, uh, organized on their behalf by the Fellowship Foundation, a, a Christ-centered organization. And at a recent breakfast, there was a personal salvation talk by NASCAR Hall of Fame driver Daryl Waltrip. And then um, President Obama had some words that he shared with all of us. And he was basically counseling the world as he seemingly linked radical Islam to the Crusades of the 11th century and the Inquisition of the 15th century. And I have part of his quotation here. Let me just read it, and then you can respond and and guide our thinking here. He said, "Um, Humanity has been grappling with these questions throughout human history, Uh, as he was speaking of the tension between the compassionate and murderous acts that religion can inspire. And it was this quote, I think, that really got to people. He said, Unless we get on our high horse and think this is unique to some other place, remember that during the Crusades and the Inquisition, people committed terrible deeds in the name of Christ. In our home country, slavery and Jim Crow all too often was justified in the name of Christ. And um don't know about you, but when I heard that, I was taken back by it. Well, it's, it's a bit of a shock uh, in one sense in that it seems to me the president was making uh, a moral equivalence between uh, the present danger, which is uh, militant Islam, or radical Islam, as people call it, and uh, what took place starting a thousand years ago in the 11th century. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we should probably talk about the Crusades and the Inquisition and slavery uh, and how Christianity relates to it. But on the other hand, uh, it's shocking to have to go back and dig out something a thousand years ago. It is. And make that equivalent to what is taking place today. When, in terms of scale, what is taking place today uh, and is an immediate threat and danger uh, is what is on the front burner. And he also used the word, and I'll just mention this briefly in passing, the word crusade, uh, which is, uh, if you will, a word that uh, conjures up a great deal in the Muslim world uh, when when uh, al-Qaeda uh, declared war on the U.S. and the world, they called us crusaders. Right. And it's inflammatory to use that word. And 
the president's wording was not uh, chosen wisely or he was not advised wisely. I don't think he knows much about these issues, Mm -hmm. to tell you the truth. But it was not uh, spontaneous. This was scripted, all of it. So it was written down by somebody. Yeah, your uh, your comment, I think, um, matches in a way what Robbie Zacharias wrote. He said, uh, citing the Crusades, he used the single most inflammatory word he could have with which to feed the insatiable rage of the extremists. This is exactly what they want to hear to feed their lunacy. Aside on this is that the Muslim world didn't know much about the Crusades, if you want to know the truth, in their history. Uh, but about 150 years ago, the rise of what is called Wahhabism in Arabia and other places, and the fact that the West got involved in Middle East politics, mm. uh they were introduced to the Crusades and picked up on that and became an inflammatory term, and they associated that with what they saw imperialism in the West. Yes. And it, and this was a renewed attack upon Islam from the Crusades. So they mm-hmm. have a skewed history of all of this, but regardless of how we get here today, the word is inflammatory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a historian that I happened across. You already knew about him, but uh, I didn't know too much, but his name is Thomas Madden, and um, he's, a, I believe, a Roman Catholic scholar, and he wrote some, he wrote an article in First Things um, back in 2009. I found that a very helpful article where he's talking about the Crusades. He claims that the Crusades to the East were defensive wars, uh, they were a direct response to Muslim aggression, an attempt to turn back or defend against Muslim conquests of Christian lands. Yes, uh, people forget that uh, Islam from the very beginning had an institution uh, called jihad. Now, when I say institution, I mean from the very beginning it's part of the warp and woof of the religion mm-hmm. to be carried out to the end of the world, so to speak. And Uh, That was to fight in the name of Islam that everywhere Sharia might reign over all. The whole world, because it's God's constitution, political constitution for the whole world. And so uh, in the first couple hundred years of their existence, they had captured two-thirds of Christendom, Mm. all of North Africa, Egypt. Uh, They had captured the Middle East for the most part. And then finally, the Turks had captured uh, Anatolia or, or Asia Minor, where mm-hmm. Paul had established all these churches. And, and Christianity in the East, Eastern Orthodoxy, was much under threat. Mm. And the Crusades started when uh, one of the uh, metropolitans, I think the one of Constantinople, invite, the patriarch invited uh, the West and the Pope to send help because they were oppressed. Mm-hmm. And so the crusade started in that way. And as a matter of fact, uh, I think it was Pope Urban II who uh, called a uh, conference or a conclave in uh, 1095. And in that particular time at Claremont, uh, he, he called for a holy war against mm-hmm. uh, and to take back some of these lands and to make the roots for the pilgrims who were going to the Holy Land yeah. to make them safe. So in really sense, if I could say uh, – this was actually on the prima facie level. He he made a uh, 
he, he met the criteria for just war. Okay, so he did, yes. Um, that author that I referenced, uh, Madden, I thought it was interesting. He says on September the 11th, 2001, he writes, There were only a few professional historians of the Crusades in America. I was the one who was not retired. <laughs> mm. As a result, my phone began ringing and didn't stop for years. He continues, In the hundreds of interviews I have given since that terrible day, the most common question has been, How did the Crusades lead to the terrorist attacks against the West today? I always answered, They did not. The Crusades were a medieval phenomenon with no connection to modern Islamist terrorism. That's absolutely true. <laughs> there is absolutely no relationship. That's uh, interesting. And uh, th- this this whole idea uh, put forth by many in the media and some of our politicians that this was a response to the Crusades and mm-hmm. crusading spirit of the West is is uh, I, 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 it's just a non sequitur. So there was, uh, I suppose you could call it a sleight of hand that Osama bin Laden used in justifying the September 11th attack um, as a response to the Crusades. Uh, he um, he liked to use that phrase, and yet it was co-opted. It was it was readjusted term. It seems compared to what they were originally. It could have been. It could have been, but. I'm a little at doubt uh, to some extent on this because the Islamic world is, by and large, very ignorant of the West, mm-hmm. extremely ignorant of the West, and extremely ignorant of Christianity. Um, and what I think happened is they in, they interpreted the so-called imperialism of Europe, not America, yes, okay, as being the crusading spirit, and right. they had occupied some of their lands that they, for instance, in Mecca, a non-Muslim is not allowed in Mecca, for instance. Mm-hmm. And in the the country of Saudi Arabia, we had even ourselves a base there. So he used all of that. Okay, uh, he probably thought it was connected with the Crusades, but it wasn't. Right. Uh, I, they're just not that sophisticated when it comes to understanding uh, what has actually gone on. They have a mm-hmm. very narrow, focused uh, view of the world, and they see it through the prism of the Quran and everything. And so mm-hmm. it's it's. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me that he, he doesn't he didn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. So our president at this prayer breakfast, he makes this moral equivalency, it seems, of Christian crusaders with the Islamic terrorists today, and, and in particular ISIS. And um, yet we look at the news, and ISIS is chopping off, <laughs> literally, chopping off heads. Um, recently, a hostage was incinerated. Um, they're killing people, including gays, enslaving girls. And, you know, on the surface, it's almost like the takeaway is blame the Crusades. Um, what What is our president doing here? Is, I, is he... I, I have to think that he's uninformed. Okay. I really do. Okay. I, I, that's a, to give him... Uh, not to impute any motives sure. to him. I don't know what his motives are, but I do believe that he's uninformed because what he is saying does not comport with the facts. Mm-hmm. And we've we've had a number of historians uh, to study the Crusades in the last 10 years, particularly since 9-11. Uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, a man by the name of Riley Smith of Cambridge, probably the world's greatest historian of the Crusades, mm-hmm. and others have clearly demonstrated that the Crusades uh, were rooted actually in good motives, trying right. to protect Christians and reclaim. Uh, they had been under attack for two centuries. And so, therefore, it was a natural response. Violence in itself, if I can say this, is not necessarily immoral. Right. Um, Now, that may sound strange to the hearers because violence in itself seems to be immoral. But when you are protecting yourself uh, and you have to use uh, force and violence ensues, it may well be justified. If someone were to break into my house and try to attack my wife and my daughters, and I could only uh, deflect the attacks. Then is called for. You have no choice. I may may injure the person to keep them from harming my family. That's right. And in some sense, if we can extrapolate that and see it in the Crusades, it really was a defense. The whole Christian world was under a threat. Well, this is what uh, Madden explains. He he says that all the Crusades were, um, they met the criteria of just wars. Uh, They came about in reaction to attacks against Christians or their church. The First Crusade was called in 1095, you mentioned that, in response to the recent Turkish conquest of Christian Asia Minor, as well as the much earlier Arab conquests of the Christian-held Holy Land. The second was called in response to the Muslim conquest of Edessa in 1144. Mm -hmm. The third was called in response to the Muslim conquest of Jerusalem and most other Christian lands in the Levant in 1187. In each case, the faithful went to war to defend Christians, to punish the attackers, and to right terrible wrongs. People People forget that Islam had crossed from North Africa at Gibraltar conquered Spain, Portugal, and were pressing into France. Mm. They also forget that even in the 17th century, they were at the doors of Vienna. Mm -hmm. And they conquered all of the Balkans. So uh, this was a natural response. Now, I will not defend the Crusaders as to their justice in war. They did some horrible things. Good distinction. But they were just to go to war, but they were not just always in war. Another thing that came out in Madden's writing that I had completely missed earlier, had no idea, and it was tied to the Roman Catholic system, was the idea of um, a crusade was a pilgrimage and thereby an act of penance. Yeah, it was a religious uh, pilgrimage, this yeah. was, and they were re- motivated by religion entirely. And I, did, I, and I didn't realize that part of it, the penance, the plenary indulgence, and so that was helpful to understand. Yeah, a lot of these uh, knights uh, and, and uh, dukes and barons, these war, the warrior class, uh, had a lot of blood on their hands. And this is one yes. way that they could clear their conscience. That came out. Yes. Yeah, they, they felt their sin. They, they were guilty. Yeah, yeah, this is the way to be pardoned. Yeah. Uh, because they had fought among each other and, and shed innocent blood. Now, it's, let's just take a detour here, an important one. In, in Christian theology, as it flows from the scriptures, how are we pardoned? Are we pardoned by works or by this sort of thing? Or Well, this does we bring truly? up the, the doctrines of grace and yeah. uh, 
by grace are you saved through faith. Uh, that was part of medieval theology. Uh, I don't know how much it carries over to some extent. It probably in the popular mind in, in Roman Catholic Church. But I don't believe that that same offering would be made today at all. No, no. Uh, the church has changed. Uh, in Protestant theology and evangelical theology, of course, uh, this would have no bearing whatsoever because it seems to be off base and unbiblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in uh, my readings here, Ravi Zacharias, um, he he had some comments about, you know, the president's speech. And he says, but let me get to the president's final statement after he had wandered off into erroneous territory. He says, that final remark was true. He said, it is sin that leads us to distort reality. Ravi says he was right. In fact, he embodied it in his talk. But there is, there is good news for the president, at least in the Christian message. Forgiveness is offered for sin. In Islam, it isn't. You must earn it. May I dare suggest that if Christians had been burning Muslims and beheading them, he would have never dared to go to Saudi Arabia and tell them to get off their high horse he unwittingly paid a compliment to those who preach grace and forgiveness. That is the dominant theme of the gospel. That is why we sit in courtesy, listening to the distortion of truth, the abuse of a privilege, and the wrong-headedness of a message. I hadn't heard that. That sounds <laughs> uh, uh, spot on. Yeah, I think so. He uh, He had one more paragraph, which I'll share. He said, this year's National Prayer Breakfast speech was a blunder in thought, but there was a silver lining. In the end, President Obama blundered into the truth. Sin distorts. And then Ravi writes, And only Jesus Christ restores the truth. Christ will ever rise up to outlive his pallbearers. Even presidents will have to get off their high horses then and recognize the Lord of life and hope and peace. There will be no speech-making then, only a prayer of surrender, which is what the National Prayer Breakfast was meant to be in the first place. <laughs> My first impulse when I heard this, that it was an abuse of the uh, situation. It was a prayer breakfast, yeah. and he introduced into it a controversy and conflict, which makes it difficult for it to be yeah. a prayer breakfast. Right. That was my first impulse. Uh I think from his side, he thought he was doing those hearers a favor, but really uh, the moral equivalence is unfounded, and it's appalling. Mm. Uh, he also talked about the Inquisition. The Inquisition, uh, as you probably well know, started, uh, I think, uh, in about the, the 12th, 13th century, and it carried on till the 19th century. And the Inquisition were trials of heretics. Now, I did go back and look up some statistics. Uh, Madden says in his book uh, that I have, that I don't think you have. No, I don't. That about 2,500 people were probably burned at the stake. Now, 2,500, and another source says 3,000. Mm -hmm. The point is, the Inquisition, while it was long, uh, and it, it arose in, in what is called... Um, the Albigensian, or the Cathars, 
the heretics in southern France, the Waldensians hmm. in Italy, and it arose to combat that. The church was threatened by it. Uh, it it's not a good chapter, to say no, the least. No. Uh, and we, but on the other hand, let's talk about scale. The Armenians were wiped out at the beginning of the 20th century. What was it, 1913 in that area? Mm-hmm. A million and a half were killed by Muslims. That is a big They were difference. slaughtered in the streets. That's just one little chapter. Slaughtered in the streets. And when we talk about scale, comparing the Inquisition, which was, I would never justify it in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form, but, we're, but let's talk about the scale of things. Yes. Uh, and there's no reason to invoke the Inquisition in the light of what no. uh, Islam has done in the last 150 years. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I would would uh, like to say also something about the slavery thing. I, I While it is true, some Christians no doubt justified slavery from the Scriptures. That's true. Uh, however, they tended to be a minority. Right. Because slavery in the modern world, and only in certain countries in the West, has it ended. People must remember that slavery was a normal state of things up until the modern world. And in many parts of the world today, it's still not condemned. Mm. Every day, uh, IS, or ISIL, enslaves women and children, uh, for their uh, sex slaves, by the way, mm-hmm. for their own advantage. I haven't heard a word say about it. I know it appalls people. Yes. But I've not heard a consistent criticism from the left, if you will, in yes. this country. Where are the women's groups? I don't know. I haven't heard a word I, from I them. I don't know. Where's Code Pink? I haven't heard a word from them. Good point. Now, the the interesting thing about this is that it was uh, Wilberforce in England and uh, uh, the Beechers in America, long before the Civil War, were preaching against the idea of slavery, mm. and they were using scripture and preaching sermons. Uh, William Wilberforce was a great, great and wonderful uh, a man to lead this movement, mm. and he was a modest man, and he was persistent. But it's only in the West, in Christian mm. countries, where slavery is outlawed, even today. These are great points. Uh, I like what you pointed out about scale, and there is a there is a big difference here between... 2,500 or 3,000 versus one and a half million. Just in one, just in a few. Just that one example. Oh, yes. And um, this thing of slavery, of course we're against slavery. The irony is I look at our modern economic situation is that people today are enslaved, and I know that's another set of discussions Mm -hmm. in terms of um, to government and to government providing for them. And they don't really have freedom uh, as, as, a, as a free man, a free woman. But uh, we'll have to address that at, a, at another setting. Well, today we've been talking about the Crusades. We've been talking about President Obama's um, speech a little bit at the National Prayer Breakfast. We have about a minute or two left. I'm wondering if you have some wrap-up thoughts and advice, maybe. Well, some of the distortions of the Crusades, we've more talked about the Crusades here, uh, stem from a great historian by the name of Stephen Runciman. And uh, they kind of romanticized uh, Saladin, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it stems from the romantic period uh, in I've the West. I've seen that in the movies, yeah. actually, in films. And, and this recent film was also a propaganda. But historians, uh, uh, professional historians know the difference in this, and people are going to have to start taking, if they want to follow up on this, they're going to have to read some serious historians. Right. Uh, let me give them two or three names that might, might mm-hmm. uh, respond. Riley Smith is a good one, a man by the name of Ashbridge, A-S-B-R-I-D-G-E. Um, those are a couple of good ones. Madden, that we've been mm-hmm. using and talking about. Uh, but it's important. The facts matter. They do. Facts matter. And we have a propensity today just to just to throw out the facts. Yeah. And don't be afraid to read a new author. You know, I, I came across this Madden, and... and um, you know, he, he appeared in First Things, which is a Roman Catholic mm-hmm. uh, journal. And, and don't be afraid of that. There's there's going to be some a lot of good data you can learn from somebody like that. Well, <laughs> wherever the truth leads, Christians should yes. never be afraid of truth. Absolutely. And when, when the truth points its finger at us and points you us bet. guilty, we have to repent. And uh, But we also have to defend truth. And where, where it points in the opposite direction, mm. we have to likewise... Uh, go with that. I've often thought about this little uh, thing. Um, one of the news organizations that I kind of like, I, I watch, um, they, they like to say, fair and balanced. We're fair and balanced. And I, I, I think about that, and I thought, is that the ultimate measure? Uh, wouldn't it be, we're truthful? <laughs> we're truthful. <laughs> you know, I want the truth. Yes. And and forget about Fairness to all worldviews, when one is false and another one's true, mm-hmm. I want the truth. Mm-hmm. So. Well, as Zechariah says, or, or the present, sin distorts. Very truth true. is actually trying to deal with sin. Yes. It's owning up and being honest before Amen God. To that. And you know, as we seek truth, it's found in Jesus Christ. And our prayer for you, dear listener, is that the Lord will lift up his countenance upon you and grant you much peace. I hope that this discussion has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to ask a question, our email address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. Today in the studio with me is Dr. John Vance. And a quick reminder, please join us next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. May the Lord lift His countenance on you. May the Lord lift His countenance on you. May the Lord lift His countenance on you. May He keep you in perfect peace. May He keep.